Illusion.org podcast coming your way, guys. Steve Smith here and Rick. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? This is number podcast 317. We're going to do one, a special one on fasting and steroids. And the reason we're going to do this, guys, is a lot of information out there about fasting. And um, 95% of it, and that's, being, that's a conservative number, is, is wrong, is inaccurate. And you got some guys um, out there in the fitness world who are pushing fasting because they're trying to monetize it. They want you to go spend thousands of dollars and go to some place, you know, and fast with them and spend all this money. Or you have the other side of the aisle who these people who think that you're supposed to eat 10 meals a day and, you know, just abuse your body day in and day out. So in this episode, we're going to talk about fasting what it is, and why you should do it. And we're going to bring up a lot of information that you're not going to hear other places. I guarantee you, you will not hear a lot of what we're telling you from anywhere else in social media because there's no money to explain this stuff to you. So you can't make money telling people to not eat food or not take supplements or not take this or not take that. There's, there's no money in it. So in the fitness world, you're not going to see it pushed. But in this episode, we're going to talk about it and why you should do it. So I'm going to bring in Ray for the first topic. And the first topic is why you should fast as a steroid user. So Rick, what's your opinion on this? Fasting has a lot of benefits, a ton of benefits. And some of those benefits undo some of the damage from the steroid use. One that we're going to talk about today is fasting is used, utilized as a good tool towards uh, preventing cancer, treating cancer. So uh, fasting is just a good practice all around. And when you are using steroids, you're already putting yourself at a higher risk of developing some cancers if you were prone to getting them anyway. And at least from everything we've seen, it seems as though fasting can be very beneficial um, to people who are either suffering from cancer, going through chemo, Fasting also just helps to kind of reset your metabolism a little bit, to clear out your body, clear out your system. It gives your body a chance to kind of shut down your digestive system. There are a lot of things that can go on in your body, a lot of healing, a lot of uh, cells that need to be gotten rid of. And a lot of this stuff can happen and can go on when you're actually in a fasted state and you don't have a ton of insulin being discharged through your body. But when you're constantly bombarding your cells with insulin day and night, some of the things that your body would normally do to get rid of maybe cells that aren't functioning right or, or are kind of dead. So, yeah, my opinion uh, and the way I, I handle it, to, for me, one of the biggest benefits I see. And fasting, fasting is also just a, a good way to stay lean and it's pretty effortless to stay lean and stay in the really low teens and body fat, and, you know, stay in the high single digits, uh, depending on where genetics will allow you to, with, you know, just time-restricted feeding, a couple of days of, uh, of fasting per month. It, it gets a lot easier to stay lean. So in my opinion, it's, it also creates a, a need for to use less steroids to, to retain your look. Um, I mean, there's just a ton of benefits, and we're going to get into more of them as, as the podcast unravels, but really fasting is just a good, it's just a good practice for, for anyone to do. And 
especially if you're, especially if you're engaging in steroids, which puts you at a high risk for certain health issues that you maybe otherwise wouldn't have if you, if you were natural. So uh, these geniuses on social media and all this that push steroids and stuff, they're, um, they have no clue that when you abuse steroids over the long term, what happens is your body becomes more insulin resistant. So your body, basically your blood sugar, your, uh, fast, your fasting glucose number keeps rising and rising and rising. So over time, what happens is if you don't eat meals frequently, you'll start noticing you start getting hypoglycemic and you're, you start having to consume carbs or you'll start you know, getting the shakes or you'll start losing energy or stuff like that. And that's not good. Um, pretty soon, you're going to end up being a type 2 diabetic because what happens is your pancreas gets basically burned out. Because every time you eat a meal, your insulin spikes, your pancreas spits out insulin. Well, over time, it's like burning out your car engine. There's only so many times that you're, you can use your pancreas for that purpose. So you'll end up having to take a drug or injecting insulin just to drop your blood sugar. So your blood sugar will incrementally rise over time. And, um, you know, those geniuses, you know, they never bring that up. But, you know, that's the main reason why fasting will benefit someone who's a steroid user because fasting will offset that. When you're fasting, your body becomes more insulin resistant. I'm sorry, your body becomes less insulin resistant and more insulin sensitive. So that's the benefit. And you don't have to worry about one day getting type 2 diabetes. You don't have to worry about being a slave to carbs and always having to consume carbs. If you were on trend, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll run a bunch of trend. And then on the trend, if you don't eat carbs that day, you start getting the shakes, it's really, really scary. Well, that's because your body is, is rapidly becoming insulin resistant. So you have to throw carbs at your body uh, for that reason. So that's not, uh, that's not really a good thing at all. And that's going to really make it harder for you to cut fat as time goes on. Also, another benefit for steroid users too is all the food that we eat. When you eat so much food, your, your body has to process that food. Your gut has to digest that food. So that's work that your gut is having to do. So what happens is, you know, you eat all this food and your, body, your digestive system never gets a break. It's constantly having to digest nonstop. So the same thing, you end up um, sacrificing your gut health. And then when you get to 40 years old, now you have problems. You have constipation. You have heartburn. You have a lot of these gut health issues. You, you can't absorb food anymore. That's what happens. All these guys who've been abusing steroids for years and eating the, all these six, eight, 10 meal a day type of diet, they can't absorb food anymore. So yes, it absolutely matters. We actually had a thread on the forum about this. And every moderator, I'm very, very disappointed with our mod team. I'm very disappointed because obviously they don't listen to this podcast enough, but they actually said it does not matter if you eat eight meals a day or if you eat two meals a day, as long as it's the same calories. That's incredibly inaccurate. And they should, they should learn, they should read a book about nutrition, you know, before they start saying this stuff. I'm the only one who went in that thread and told you the truth that yes, it does matter. 
If you eat two meals a day or if you eat eight meals a day and it's the same exact calories at the end of the day, it matters because your hormones are going to be different. Your insulin is going to be different. Your glucagon is going to be different. Your gut health is going to be different. Your insulin resistance is going to be different. On and on and on makes a difference. So that's why eating in a time-restricted window and using stero as a steroid user, it's a weapon. It's a weapon versus eating from 6 a.m. in the morning every two hours till 10 o'clock at night. It is a weapon that you should be using to your advantage. And there's different ways that you can take advantage of fasting, which we'll get into. Anything else you want to add, Rick, before we move on to the next topic? It makes a huge difference because you're not having insulin discharged through your body day and night. It makes a difference because I just find it so much easier to stay leaner when you restrict your feeding to a smaller window. It's just, it's just pretty effortless to, to stay lean, to stay in a, in a low body fat percentage. And you could cheat a little bit. You could cheat a lot of it a few nights in a row if you want and still see kind of no impact or fine. But as soon as you take the, the, that same food and you spread it out from the morning until night, now you start to get fluffy. That is just something I noticed. Obviously, Cardio and weight training goes along with it, but with or without steroids. Now, there's a thing about steroids and fasting. Uh, when you're bulking, when you're bulking, especially if you're a bigger, bigger guy, especially if you're competitive level, maybe you're holding on to just pounds and pounds of muscle. You do need some of that extra insulin. Some of those guys will need to eat six times a day, maybe eight. You know, a lot the pros. Once you what kicks you from, from amateur to pros now, it's, it's insulin use. Human growth hormone helps a lot too with, with, with getting lean and other things. But really what's really created the, the monsters we see today is insulin use. So these guys are shooting insulin. And shooting insulin with your steroids actually makes them work better towards, towards those purposes of bulking your bigger guy. But again, this podcast is not really talking to those guys, those guys will have their own trainers who have their own secrets of, of mixing things up. For everybody out there doing this on their own, obviously you don't need insulin to begin with as far as injecting it. And two, just, just to stay lean, you know, just stay nice and lean, even on steroids. Time-restricted feeding really, really works. So there is something to be said about that. Yes, higher insulin levels will help the way your steroids work if you're, if you're bulking. For sure, to put on that extra mass, yes. You can, you can inject the insulin, the pros do, or you can f mess with your feeding a little bit to, to shoot insulin up during your bulking cycle to, to get your muscles growing off of those steroids. So that, that's a, 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 in a bulking situation. That is, a, a, that is one of those times where you really, you're fine eating morning till night. But then again, you're also at that point fine putting on a little fat, right? If you're a high competitive level, big, big slab of, slabs of muscle on you. Yeah, 99% of people are not high competitive. 99 the, the guys that are listening to this, yeah. no. Nah, nah. and, and, and if you are high competitive level Listen. and you're, and you're listening to this while you're on the, on the bike or something doing your cardio, you got a coach who's telling you, who's telling you what, what it's appropriate for your specific situation so yeah most guys if, if, if i just wanted to throw that out there so that if got when guys go on the forums or they go read articles and they read about how insulin makes your steroids work better i don't want them to, to think we don't 
understand that. We do. But I'd be happy to dumb it down for people who think that. But here's, here's the problem with that is if you follow what these pro bodybuilders eat on a daily basis, you're going to get fat. I don't care how much drugs you're taking. I don't care how much HGH you're taking. I don't care how many fat burners you're taking. I don't care how much GW you're taking. You're going to get fat because no human being can eat that much food and stay lean unless you have top 0.01% genetics. The, even better genetics than NFL players. Bodybuilders, you're talking the top 20 bodybuilders in the world out of 6 billion people, the top 20 in the world. They can eat a lot of food and partition a lot of food because they have the genetics to still stay lean. But the normal person cannot. That's why it triggers me when I see on these forums some skinny dude lecture me that I'm wrong on stuff on diet because they can eat pizza and soda and stay lean. But they're lecturing me into telling a fat person that you can eat pizza and soda and get lean. And it's absolutely not the case. If you're fat, you should not be eating soda and pizza. You know what I'm saying? You know, you reminded me of something. Today I was just doing a little home workout and I, I put on the, the Dave Palumbo uh, uh, YouTube channel. There was an interview from May 21st, 2020. It was just a, a little podcast uh, he recorded it's the best training style for building size. And it's Kevin LeBron and Vince Taylor. And they're debating about it. Now, I'm, I came across some pretty interesting information listening to that podcast that I've, I've said here before. I just hadn't heard it from these guys. But I'll repeat it to you guys here today. They, they were both telling stories about when they started training. And their genetics just were just incredible uh, just when they started. Uh, Kevin LeBron told a story of how he went in, in, into this thing and competed in a powerlifting meet. And there was a bodybuilding show along with the, power, with the powerlifting meet. And somebody told him, said, hey, you look great. You should probably compete at night too. So he said he finished the powerlifting meet. Then he went and, and, and got a, bought a bathing suit and went and did his first show that same night. He shaved or whatever, didn't know how to pose. And he went out there and he fucking won. He won. He wasn't even trying to, to, to be a bodybuilder that day. He was powerlifting. Told the story today. Vince Taylor told a story just like that. He said his calves and his arms were huge just in high school natty. He was just big. These guys have incredible top-level, like Steve said, genetics. And, and this is a story you're going to hear all across the board. Kai Green and Phil Heath. All these guys tell very similar stories. Where they're just they're just walking by the gym and then poof, muscles are just muscles just everywhere. You know how about that? How about that? How about that? Kevin LeBron won his first uh, show ever, some amateur show he did. It wasn't even training. Didn't even know he was going to compete until the day of the competition. He he was he was there for for powerlifting. Just genetics, you know, genetics is, plays a big role. So you can't go by what these guys doing and them specifically. It's a very small section of the population that could, one, handle the amount of drugs, the doses, for as long as you have to take them, two, process the food. I mean, it's a lot of it. Yeah, so and even in their situation, they can benefit from fasting tremendously. And I'll tell you two reasons why. Energy levels. If you're, pal if you're throwing food at your body all day long, your body has to process that. 50% of your energy that your body has to use up that day 
is, is processing and digesting food. So just imagine if they just went a day or two, just fast, they would basically get so much inner, an energy rush just from not having to digest food. Number two, their gut. In their situations, their gut health is going to get destroyed. If they're just throwing tons of food at their body, I don't care how good their genetics are. They're not going to be able to absorb food once they get 40, 45, 50 years old. They're not going to be able to absorb anything anymore. They're going to be deficient across the board in minerals and vitamins. That's just the facts. That's why you see people who have been eating red meat their whole life, day in and day out, they're deficient in B12. Well, red meat has a lot of B12. Why are you deficient? It's because you eat too much too often and your body basically gets trained not to absorb food anymore, not to absorb those vitamins and minerals anymore. So now you're not only deficient in B12, you're also deficient in other minerals like zinc and iron and everything. Isn't that amazing? But a vegan who doesn't eat any meat, they've been a vegan their whole life, they have normal B12 levels. Amazing, huh? It's because they're absorbing the food more efficiently. Someone who's eating a plant-based diet is going, to, is going to absorb more food efficiently than someone who eats 10 meals a day, 500 grams of protein a day. Isn't that amazing? So we want to, it's about training your body to be efficient. So next topic, guys, we're going to get into dry fasting, regular water fasting, and time-restricted feeding. So I want to explain regular water fasting, and then I'm going to let Rick explain dry fasting because he's very experienced with it. And he's going to talk about we're both going to talk about time-restricted feeding a little bit. But what regular water fasting, a lot of people want to know, how the heck do I do it? So my strategy for a regular water fast, okay, and that ties into time-restricted feeding, you can do time-restricted feeding, eat in a two to, to six to eight-hour window maybe, two, two to six hours, two to eight-hour window every day. And that means you'll be fasting between 22 and 18 hours a day. And then you'll eat your meals in that, that window. Now, a pro, more prolonged fast could be something from dinner to dinner. So it's a 24-hour fast where you don't eat anything. And then there's a 36-hour fast. So you'll eat dinner. Then you won't eat again till the second day and for lunch. That's where you break your fast. And there's a 48-hour fast where you eat dinner, go two days, and then eat dinner. That's 48 hours. I've done prolonged fasts. I've done five days, seven days, 10 days. 19 days even. That's my longest fast, 19 days. My last prolonged fast was seven days. This was back in February. And what happens is when you do a prolonged water fast, you're only allowed to drink water. And you can throw in some salt and some cream of tartar a little bit, maybe a teaspoon in your cup of water. That kind of balances out, helps balance your electrolytes. You can take some magnesium, liquid magnesium. That helps balance your electrolytes. But that's it. Electrolytes and water and you don't really even need electrolytes, but because I live in a hot climate and I sweat a lot and maybe I want to work out or exercise during my fast, in those situations, I do recommend a little bit of electrolytes with your food. Um, so, yeah, you can do the time-restricted feeding of fasting, you know, 22 to, uh, to 18 hours and then eating in a window. You can do 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, and then there's people who – go longer, but I don't recommend just jumping on a fast and going 19 days. That's something that I built up over time. And also with, with water fasting, if you're prolonged water fasting, you don't want to say, Hey, I'm going to go five days or I'm going to go 10 days or I'm going to go 15 days. You just go one day at a time. You're not starving. You're fasting. There's a difference. You can at any time break that fast and, and consume food. 
there's no, it's, it, you just do it. You just go. The one I did in February, I didn't even plan how long I was going to go. I went three days and I said, you know what? I feel good. I'm going to go four days. Then I went five days and I went six days and I went seven. And then the seventh day I was like, you know what? I think I got what I needed out of this fast and I broke my fast. I, the one I did my 19 day fast is the same thing. I went five days, 10 days. I kept going. I got to day 19. I was like, I wanted to keep going. But the only reason I broke the fast is I was going on vacation. So I didn't want to break my fast during my vacation. So I broke my fast at day 19. I could have kept going. I felt really, really good. So you don't want to just plan it out like that. You just kind of want to roll with it. Um, and if you find yourself, I just talked to someone who can't even go half the day without eating. If you find yourself in that situation, that's normal at first. That's normal. It's going to be difficult because you've trained your body to eat constantly. So you have to untrain it and train it that and train it the different way. It's going to take maybe two weeks, three weeks. But once that switch is made, you're going to be free. You won't be a slave to food anymore. You won't have to be, you know, having to stop somewhere to get a bite to eat all the time. You're not going to have to just eat food. You can just go the whole day without eating and it's not even going to bother you. You can go the whole day without eating and then go work out and have the best workout you've ever had. It's not going to bother you. And I used to be that way. I used to be like, oh my God, I need carbs before my workout or I'm not going to have energy. No, you'll have more energy without eating anything into your workout because now your body during the workout can spend all its energy on the workout of the stress of the workout rather than having to stress itself out, having to digest all that food you threw at it earlier in the day. So now you're going to have a lot more energy. When I did my 19-day fast, it was the best workouts of my life during my 19-day fast. It was incredible because 100% of my energy was dedicated to that workout instead of just 50%, which is what happens when you're eating all the time. All right, Rick, so tell us about dry fasting and a little bit more about time-restricted feeding and how you would do those. So just one thing about fasting, guys. Once you have calories, you, you broke the fast. Okay, guys? So that, that's very, very important to know. But here's the you know, thing. There, there is, there, there is yeah. no, you know, no, no real fast if you're taking – Wait, wait. Your, I just want to be – wait a minute. But that's not entirely true because if you have a drink of diet soda during a fast, it has zero calories, but that's still breaking a fast. So don't think that something with zero calories is okay to consume because it's not. You know, there's a good chance that it seems, and I'm following this up a little bit more, that even though our bodies can't do anything with some of those artificial sweeteners, there are bacteria in our gut that can actually uh, gain calories from it and, and multiply off of it and throw our gut flora off balance. Some, some information I ran across yeah. on following. So basically, up. you're but wasting your anyway, fast if you if you consume diet soda. So if you consume, not entirely true. There's actually things with calories like lemon, like a little bit of lemon that do have low calories that won't break a fast. Or apple cider depends milk. how much you have. If you yeah. have, you know, a spoonful yeah. of of lemon juice, I mean, you you're most yeah. likely fine on on a water fast. But you can't have. Like you can't crack open a coconut and drink it and think, oh, electrolytes and I'm not breaking my fast. You just broke your fast. If you have one coconut's worth of coconut water because you think you got electrolytes in there, fast is done. You just broke it. Might as yeah. well eat. 
Yeah. So tell us oh. about dry fasting. What dry fasting? Now, dry, dry is. fasting. Yeah. Um, dry fasting is basically no water, no liquids, then at all. One of the reasons you'd want to dry fast is, in my opinion, and where I found fasting now for for years and years and years, is that I feel like I get into a, a fasted state. I feel like I'm pushing my body to the limit a lot quicker. I would say it's the equivalent, maybe one to three. Like if you have one day of dry fast is about the equivalent of three days on a wet fast. One of the reasons why fasting is good and even time-restricted feeding is good is because you lower insulin way, way down. And when that happens, your body can get, can get rid of certain cells that it normally wouldn't get rid of when insulin is, is being shot through the system every day, you know, all hours of the day. And so when you dry fast, now your body needs water too. So I, I, it just, to me, it just feels like it, it, it's getting to take out those dead cells a lot quicker, not just scavenging them because it's part of the process for, for, for the proteins and nutrients in them. But now I think the body's looking for water wherever it could find it. And cells that aren't functioning properly or cells that are by all purposes dead, it's a good place to, to gain a little bit of water from. So I feel as though it's pushing my body faster. I, the, the kind of the endorphins, the euphoric kind of feeling that you get fasting when you're calorie depleted for over 24 hours, it's like more intense. It's something that you, you really feel when, you're, when you dry fast. You know, my... When I'm, when I'm past 24, 26, 28 hours of my dry fast, just the feeling of this weird kind of euphoria, this brain euphoria, but body pain that you kind of go through is, it's, it's just a much more intense, intense experience. Yeah, in, in, my, in my opinion, dry fasting just brings you along a lot quicker. I think 48 hours of dry fasting, no, no liquids at all. Your your same kind of results and benefits as maybe six days on a water fast. Now I'm not talking about fat loss. You're obviously going to lose more fat if you're using it for fat loss. If you're going to if you fast for about six days with water, then if you do two days dry fast, obviously. So I'm not I'm not particularly talking about fat loss. I'm talking about just the re the regenerative properties of the of the fast the the mind kind of altering properties of the fast, that part of it, yeah. And, and look, and if we're talking about fat loss, I think, you know, fasting is very effective for fat loss, yes. But as a long-term solution to, to lose the body fat and to keep it off, time-restricted feeding with just a little bit, a couple of days of fasting every, every, couple, every few weeks, that's good enough to maintain long-term. I probably wouldn't be going on six, seven day fasts, water fast, just as a, just as a fat loss vehicle. Probably wouldn't be doing that. I would maybe time restricted eat, you know, time restricted feeding every day, and then once every two weeks, once every four, once every two weeks, do a two day water fast. Once every four weeks, and you know, once every eight weeks. You know, if you're going to do four day water fast, once every eight weeks. Something along those lines would be good, but I. I wouldn't, fasting, I feel, has just a lot more benefits to your body, to your state of mind than just the fat loss. And I think just long-term, time-restricted feeding, killing the hunger, getting your body used to using fat storages for energy on a daily basis.
all the time. And, and instead of driving you crazy with, with food cravings, your body will just start using some of that stored energy. And, and look, here's, there's another very interesting thing. And, and science is starting to back some of this up now. When you, when you go on like a high-protein, low-carb diet, you'll lose weight for sure if you're on a, on a caloric deficit. You'll definitely lose weight. If you eat enough protein and weight training, you'll definitely hold on to some muscle mass. But if you are pretty fat, you're going to have a lot of skin left over. A lot of skin is going to hang down. But, but if you incorporate just complete fasting, when you fast and you deprive your body even of that little bit of protein, now your body's going to find that protein that it needs to repair organs and just repair tissues anywhere that it can find it. And it'll go and start to suck back some of that skin. You know, that's why it kills, you know, scavenges some dead cells for, for some of those proteins and stuff, for some of those aminos. It just repurposes some of that matter that's already in your system. So, so the skin gets sucked back in and, and really fasting, really just fasting, you know, just, just zero calories, killing the hunger. Fasting is the only diet that I've found that really effectively tightens the skin back up. Even on folks that are maybe a little bit overweight, it just tight, tightens that skin back up. And that's really interesting. That, that's, uh, that's something I've, I've noticed uh, that other diets don't have. A lot of guys that, that are, are obese and lose all their fat with six meals a day and eating you know, chicken breast and, and spinach, they, they lose the weight. Oh, they put on some muscle mass, especially if they throw some steroids on top. Oh, they do. But man, do they have really, really bad skin afterwards. That's, that's a real challenge. And, and fasting, I've, I've seen it work to, to, peel, to reel some of that skin back in. All right, man. Um, so let's talk about the question that we get a lot is, does fasting burn away muscle? Because again, if you look at some of these guys who are uh, talking about fasting, they'll always say two things. They'll say fasting burns muscles and they say fasting destroys metabolism. Both are inaccurate. And I'll tell you why. Because when you fast, you actually boost your growth hormone. Once you hit the 10 hour mark, your growth hormone in your body starts rising. And the more, the longer you fast, the faster your growth hormone rises and rises and rises and rises. Day five is when your growth hormone will peak, it'll hit a top, and then it'll start dropping back down. But it's still higher than it would be if you're following the typical American uh, way of eating, which is every two hours. So if your growth hormone is up, your muscle, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to lose muscle tissue during that time. Um, the growth hormone is going to help conserve your muscle tissue. What you will lose is water out of your muscles. Cells, your water cells in your muscle will go down on a fast. And since our muscles are mostly made up of water, it's going to look like your muscles are flattening and you're losing muscle, but that you're not actually losing muscle tissue. You're losing water from your muscles. Those are two different things. When you come off your fast, the water is rapidly back into your muscle. So if you fast over time, over the long term, you'll actually gain more muscle tissue. Because another benefit too, we're going to get into this later, is something called autophagy. And that's where the old bad cells in your body die off and your body recreates healthy cells. So can you imagine the cells that are in your muscle 
that have been around for years and are old and are tired. Just imagine uh, if you have a military with a bunch of 70-year-olds and you're going to go fight a battle with a bunch of 70-year-olds. Wouldn't you want to swamp out those 70-year-olds for 20-year-olds? Well, that's what happens during a fast is you'll swap out those old cells for new cells. So really your muscles will look a lot better. And what Rick was saying about the skin is the same thing. Since you're re rehashing those skin cells, your skin will tighten up. So it's a great way to burn away that excess fat on your body that would have otherwise never been able to got, get rid of. And that cellulite, a lot of women complain about cellulite. Well, men have cellulite too. And um, so it really, it really does a number on that through, through that process. Um, the other thing about metabolism, fast, the interesting thing is, um, I try to explain this to people. Um, this is, again, nutrition 101 stuff that a lot of people don't understand is when you eat in a caloric deficit every day, let's say you follow a 500-calorie diet every day, the ACG diet, for example. So you eat 500 calories a day, a deep, deep deficit diet. That will kill your metabolism. That will kill your metabolism. Eating in a deficit every day kills your metabolism. But when you fast, your metabolism actually does not drop. Your metabolism actually slightly rises during a fast. And we see this from actual human studies done on this. So you will not only lose fat effectively on a fast, but you also won't screw up your metabolism. This way, when you come off the fast, you don't just rebound a bunch of fat. Because that, will, that is what's going to happen when you eat in a caloric deficit every day. That's why eating in a caloric deficit is stupid, but fasting is smart. So next time someone tells you that, just explain that to them. When there's actual human studies on this, you can get Jason Fung's book on fasting, and he had lays out the studies in his book. So you can print that out and show it to anybody who tells you that. It's right there in black and white. You know, I've done it both ways. Fasting is something I really got into. Uh, into my 30s. I used to do it younger as a wrestler, just part of the lifestyle. Didn't understand it quite a lot. Didn't understand what was going on. I would sometimes, yeah, go a couple of days with just taking in liquids. Sometimes I couldn't take in any calories for, for 48 hours and I didn't feel hungry. You know, it's just, I just, I was kind of already doing it. And then as I got into the forums and bodybuilding, did the six, eight meals a day. And then got into my 30s and researched way more, got into fasting again. I've done it both ways. And I will tell you this. When you are on a caloric deficit versus time-restricted feeding, caloric deficit, one, like Steve was saying, more insulin release, less effective your human growth hormone becomes. The more insulin there is released to your body, the less cells that it can move across. When, when you got the six meals a day on a caloric deficit, geez, man, you suffer so much. I had more, I've, when, I, when I do the six meals a day on a caloric deficit, I have, I have more hunger pains in the last hour, the last 45 minutes of my next meal. It's, it's, it's like being satiated just slightly. And then you're fucking hungry again. And then you're like, pissed off, you know, if, if, if the microwave isn't working right or whatever it is you're utilizing, you start to get on a short temper, just coming up to your next meal. All the stress, stress hormones, cortisol on a diet, just the misery of it all. It's something you just don't get when you fast, when, you time, when you're time-restricted feeding, you, 
You don't have those hunger pains. You don't get stressed out. I can't do time-restricted feeding on a caloric deficit, and I have, and I do. And I won't have that pissed-off feeling, that pissed-off hunger pain that I get the last 45, 30 minutes before my next meal on a six-meal-a-day diet. And this is very common. I, I was on fucking steroids, you know, pumping a bunch of juice, and on top of that, I'm, I'm on a caloric deficit, six meals a day. My temper was flaring six times a day just before it was mealtime. And if I was out and I couldn't get to my Tupperware or somebody was stopping me or whatever it was, I mean, things got real, real intense for me really quickly. Flip that around now and shit, I could be on a, on a caloric deficit for the past three days and might be six. And I was like, oh shit, I, shit. Should have ate something at four. You know, you just don't suffer as much. And that's, that, that, that to me has been just the lifestyle change has been huge in that regard. And as far as burning muscle away, look, your better growth hormone and less cortisol. That's just been my, my opinion and what I've noticed when fasting. It's just less of those, those pissed off feeling stress hormones. It's just so easy. It's just so easy to get stressed out and, and have just a miserable time when you're, when you're six meal a day in a caloric deficit. You could do that same caloric deficit in a time-restricted fashion and you won't be pissed off hungry six times a day. That to me is, is um, when you're talking about its effect on burning, on, muscle, on burning muscle away. And look, you're already on steroids, which is going to prevent that protein turnover from, getting, from pushing out too much protein out of the muscle cells anyway. So steroids are already in the mix, if, right? If that's, that's the plan. So you don't, you don't have a lot to worry about. Just drop the six meals a day. Don't make yourself uh, fucking crazy, uh, you know, being hungry before each meal. What do you think? So, so guys, this is information we're telling you that nobody else is going to tell you because everyone else is going to tell you the same bullshit. They're going to say eat in a caloric deficit every day. You're going to lose weight. Eat a bunch of meals a day. You're going to boost your metabolism. And we're telling you the opposite. Um, you know, ask those people to, to show you the studies that prove their way is correct, and they're not going to be able to unless it's something like a food company came up with because the food companies always are putting out studies to, uh, to prove their own stuff. So let me bring this up here. Um, so there's five blue zones in the world. Rick, do you know the five blue zones off the top of your head? Okay, so let's go through the five blue no, zones. No, no, I, no, I, no idea. Yeah, so the fly blue zones are Loma Linda, California, Nicoya, Costa Rica, um, Okinawa, Japan, where Mr. Miyagi was from in the, in the in Karate Kid. And then you have Icaria, Greece, and Sardinia, Italy. So what do all those five places have combined? All their people that live there, they live to 100 years old. They have no diabetes. They have no obesity. They have no health problems. All right? They have uh, the most healthiest people in the world. So what are they doing that, every, that we're not doing in North America? What are they doing differently? The main common denominator that all five of them do, Rick, is fasting. I'll give you an example. In Icaria, Greece, they fast half the year. So what they'll do is they will pretty much eat one day, fast the next, eat one day, fast the next, or eat for three days, fast for three days. That's their strategy. And it's been proven it's the only proven way to slow the aging process in mammals, fasting. So it works for all these people in the blue zone. But in America, 
We eat from 6 a.m. to 10 at night, and we have a third of the people in America are, are type 2 diabetic or pre-diabetic. 66% of the people in America are obese. Heart disease is normal, is normal in America. In, in the blue zones, it's unheard of. So right off the bat, it's not just the food you're eating, it's the frequency of the food you're eating. So anytime someone wants to debate with me and tell me that, yeah, if you eat healthy, 10 meals a day healthy versus eating two meals a day in a window or fasting and then eating one big meal is the same thing, I'll, I'll point to this. I'll point to this because this, this is what these people have been doing for forever. This is what they know. This is in their culture and it works. It works for them. Now, you as an athlete, you as a bodybuilder, you as a weightlifter, if you can tap into this strategy, it's a weapon. It's a weapon you can use to burn fat, globs of fat. I did my 19-day fast. I lost 14 pounds on my fast. Every day I look in the mirror, I was leaner and leaner and leaner. I started the fast. I had like a two-pack. By the end of the fast, I had an eight-pack. I was ripped to shreds. I was down to like 6% body fat. My metabolism did not crater on it. I felt great. Now, I'm not saying go out and do a 19-day fast, but I'm saying you need to be executing these fasts as a weapon. My seven-day fast, I lost about five pounds, six pounds of fat, pure fat. You lose pure fat and pure water off of it. It's the best way. Why do you have to suffer and eat in a caloric deficit every day when you can just fast? Because on fat, when you're fasting, you don't suffer when you're fasting. You don't suffer. You don't get hungry. Past the third day, those ketones, you start spitting out ketones. You're in ketosis. You will not be hungry anymore. You won't even have an appetite to eat. So it's definitely a weapon, guys, that you can do. And I'm not saying go out and do a 19-day fast like what I did, okay? I'm not saying even a 7-day fast. But I'm saying you should try time-restricted eating, 24-hour fast, 36-hour fast, 48-hour fast. Work your way up. And if you feel it, if you're feeling like, yes, I can do this, I can do this, then you can start doing a two-day, a three-day, and just go day by day. And if you want to break your fast, then you break it. It's not starving yourself. It's just fasting. And every animal on earth fasts, every single animal. My cat had the sniffles a couple weeks ago. She had the sniffles. She was sneezing. She caught a cold. I don't know how she caught a cold, but she caught a cold. She fasted for two and a half days. She would not eat anything. All she did was sleep and fast for two and a half days. And then the third day, she came out of her little cave and she was ready to eat. No more sneezing. Better. Animals do it instinctively. But we as humans, you know what they tell us to do if you go to a doctor and you're sick? They're like, oh, you need nutrition. You need to throw food at your body. You need all those vitamins and minerals. You need to go drink orange juice because you need the vitamin C. That's what they tell you. Because as if orange juice, which is processed and it's well, pasteurized. Yeah, I mean, it's processed and pasteurized as if orange juice actually has any vitamin C left. It was squeezed pretty a month ago and shipped and not even stored properly. It doesn't even have vitamin C in it. It's gone. It got burned away. But they tell you to eat, drink it because they want to sell you stuff. And they're ignorant and they're stupid. But the solution when you're sick is fasting. If, if you – hemorrhoids. I cured my hemorrhoids from fasting. I had hemorrhoids one time. Three-day fast, hemorrhoids were gone, never got them again. 
flu. I had the flu. I was really, really sick. I fasted for three days. Boom, flu was gone. My girlfriend had the same exact thing. She went on antibiotics for two weeks before she got better. I was better in three days fasting. Fasting is the answer. Because your body, when you're in a fast, your body is open and it is functioning at the highest level it can function. It's going to do everything to fix everything that's wrong in your body is a, is a solution. And if you have an injury and you do a prolonged fast and you rest, okay, resting is great, but resting and fasting is doubly great because now your body, instead of having to digest food, it can work on repairing that injury. So if you're having a nagging injury that's been along and it's affecting your weight training, stop weight training and just fast for five days, three days, five days, seven days, whatever, and your injury will heal. Your, you, your body will heal that injury very, very effectively by doing that. So it's great for weightlifters, bodybuilders, no matter where you're at, fasting can do almost anything for you um, and, and benefit you. You can reverse type 2 diabetes by fasting. It's been done over and over and over again. There's actually um, uh, some guys who have done this with clients, and they say it takes about 20 days of fasting for someone to go from a, being a type 2 diabetic, needing insulin every day, to being cured and not needing any insulin anymore. Because, insulin, because fasting boosts your insulin resistance so much that your body can reverse. Yep. Ch chime in on that, Rick. Yep. It, yeah, fasting boosts your insulin sensitivity a ton. Because it's not there. The insulin, very, very low release. Um, it's not released throughout the day. So when it does get released, your cells respond a lot, lot more to it. So yeah, it's, it's uh, insulin sensitivities which boosted. Sometimes some of these little technical words back and forth, it's, we do so many podcasts, it's hard to stay consistent, but we do our best with you guys to stay really consistent with some of these tiny technical terms so that we don't, we don't, uh, so I, and I said insulin resistant or insulin sensitivity. Yeah, you said it raises your insulin resistance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It it reverses your insulin resistance. It raises. You your, go, yeah. So yeah, I I I'm, I make mistakes all the time yeah. too, bro. So so here's the thing. Are, yeah. So here's the thing with type two diabetics. What's interesting is is doctors they throw insulin at them. They prescribe them insulin and take insulin every day, which which got them into the, into trouble in the first place, Rick. All that insulin that their body was producing because they were firing up their pancreas from frequent meal eating and eating the wrong foods got them into the mess in the first place. It was the insulin that got them in the mess. So what do doctors do? They give them more insulin. So what happens? They're insulin the rest of their lives. Don't you want to be free of having to take insulin for the rest of your life? I sure as hell don't want to take a drug the rest of my life. So you can reverse it. You can reverse it where you won't need to take insulin anymore. Now, it's going to be a slow process. I'm not saying go and do a 20-day fast if you're a type 2 diabetic, but I'm saying you can ease yourself into it, start doing a little fast, and, and over time start dropping your insulin levels. You really have to work with someone like a, a really good uh, um, doctor who can kind of work you with, on this. You need to be careful because you can – obviously, you can hurt yourself not doing this correctly, but – over time, you can reduce your dependence on insulin by implementing fasting because you're raising your insulin sensitivity and, and reducing your insulin resistance. So 
you know, that's the beauty part of uh, a fasting when it comes to type two diabetics. So there, just because you're type two diabetic does not mean you have to be on drugs the rest of your life. It can be, it can be reversed. I know because I'm one of them. I had 136 blood glucose number, 136. I fasted. It wasn't easy to fast when you're blood, when you're, when you're that insulin resistant in your body, it's not easy to fast, but I did, I pushed through it. I got through it. My, ins- my uh, 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 glucose levels went down to 69 and it has never gone over 80 since. Ever since then, I've been doing regular fasting here and there and it's never gone over 80. So I basically reversed my, I was a, basically a type two pre-diabetic at one time because I was following the bullshit bodybuilding diets of eating every two hours, lots of food. Cause I believed in that. I believed in that just like a lot of you. So I was able to, to, to reduce it. I'm a lot healthier today. I'm not a slave to food. I used to be one of those people. I couldn't eat. I had to eat every two hours. Or I start getting the shakes. If you're one of those people, that's not normal. That's not normal. Fasting is the way to go, man. It's effortless lean, staying lean effortlessly. You take your day back because you're not chasing food all fucking day. And you just everything for everything from your temper to the way you feel. I mean, your blood tests are gonna look nice every single time. I mean, it's just really it's it's it, it's the way to go, man. I mean, it's 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 something I've kind of sort of done one way or another, or another, not knowing that this is really kind of what I just, it just I dropped breakfast ages ago. I dropped it. I just felt better not having breakfast. I felt better just skipping breakfast and having a, a bigger lunch. And then just over time, I began to, to find more and more information about this. And yeah, man, time-restricted feeding. You know, the first time that I remember really this idea being articulated was in a, it was an article that I read in, in T Nation, Testosterone Magazine online. It's called The Warrior Diet. I can't recall who wrote, who wrote The Warrior Diet because we, you could always Google it. But yeah, Testosterone.net, Testosterone Magazine, Warrior Diet. Uh, this is back in, I don't know, year 2000, 2001. And the warrior diet, this guy was basically saying, hey, you should just have one or two big meals at night and be done. And that'll keep you lean. And again, hear this information. Maybe at that time, it sounded a little bit different and ridiculous compared to everything. I was reading on Flex Magazine and and muscular development in some of these other places where they were pushing day and night, six meals a day. It was very, it just wasn't, wasn't it. But then years and years later, now I think, Hey, it's the way to do it. Time restricted feeding. You know, it's just an idea that I read it was called warrior diet. Uh, uh, you could probably Google that on, on T nation. It's, it's not a, a very new or even that unique of an idea. It's just one of those ideas or one of those practices that gets kind of lost in, in, in society history a little bit, and then it, it resurfaces. So fasting is, is back in a big way and, and is going to be here to stay for, for several decades. I don't think the health effects from fasting are so immediate. And the fact that you don't have to go and invest money into fasting, you can just fast. As a matter of fact, if you can pinch if you can pinch a good amount of body fat of your belly right now, you might have a couple hundred dollars there in calories that you won't need to eat. And you'll save some money burning those up. 
I actually had a conversation with someone that approached me, a good friend, guy's overweight, sweet guy, but he's a fat. So he says, Rick, you know, I want to, want to get in shape. I'm going to, I'm going to save some money and, and get myself some, some proper foods. And I go save money. What? If you need to save money, how about you burn up some of those calories you've got all, all around your body, burn some of those up. And that way you keep more money, more, you keep more cash in your wallet for food. It's a very novel concept, isn't it? It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty odd idea, isn't it? That you don't have to go and spend a bunch of money to lose weight. As a matter of fact, burning some of that fat should actually save you some money. Why is that? When you have real fat loss, like fasting, time-restricted feeding, you'll just consume less food. It's the best way to lose weight. It's just stop eating so fucking much. But when you do six meals, you do need to go on a, on a big shopping list because you got to, since you're going to eat from morning until night, you got to go buy really organic stuff, really wholesome foods. Like you really got to get it right. You got to get it really right. It's not enough to just eat a little bit less. You've also got to upgrade the, the foods and everything you eat and the preparation. If you're going to go six meals a day, if you do time restricted, obviously you want to eat clean, no sugars, but you don't have to get too crazy with it and you still get, get lean. That's just a different, uh, um, that's just an approach that, that I found. So um, anything else you guys Steve? Yeah, we definitely have to talk about autophagy, Rick. I'm sorry. I know we, we've run quite a bit over, but autophagy is very important. It's something that I've studied quite a bit. So when you're fasting, you do something very fascinating uh, during a fast is you produce autophagy. Now, uh, Yoshinori Osumi, you know who that is, right, Rick? No, no, no. Don't please enlighten me. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, you know who he is. You just not recognize the name, but he's a Japanese cell biologist. And back in 2016, he won the Nobel Prize in Medicine. He researched how cells recycle and renew their content, which is autophagy, A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y. Uh, so you guys can Google that. Google autophagy fasting. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You'll see these studies um, that he, he won the Nobel Prize for. And he found that fasting, he proved that fasting activates autophagy. This is not any, any, anything new. We've known this for a long time. I'm sure, Rick, you, you know the history behind this. Um, and he proved that autophagy slows down the aging process and has a positive impact on cell renewal. So using fasting, guys, you're basically starving out the cell. So if you guys think that I'm full of shit and you can actually get blood work done, run a five-day fast, and on the fifth day, go run blood work, and you'll see your, your white blood cell count drops. It's going to be way down because what happens is your cells are actually starving to death in your body during a fast isn't that amazing and you can tell by blood work i have blood work myself to prove it and you can get blood work yourself to prove it if you think i'm full of crap do it so then what happens is your you know your cells those cell the white blood cells die and then when you come off the fast they regenerate but they regenerate brand new they regenerate stronger. So you're boosting your immune system. What a weapon to boost your immune system, especially now during a pandemic. We're going to have a second wave, a third wave of this pandemic. What a weapon to be able to boost your immune system to stay healthy and not get sick. 
Are you a person who gets sick all the time? This is great. If you're, are you a person who's around sick people? Maybe you're a nurse or a doctor or something. This is great. This is why a lot of doctors actually fast. They know the secret to this. So basically, your uh, during autophagy, cells destroy viruses and bacteria and get rid of damaged structures. It's a process that is critical for cell health, renewal, and survival. So you can look this up, guys. Yoshinori Osumi. And just Google that, and you can look up what he came up with. It's really, really fascinating. Um, and Osumi's been around a while. He's been researching this for many, many, many years, and he's just now getting some uh, recognition for it. And the interesting thing is, too, by doing this autophagy, you're killing these bad cells, including cancer cells in your body, which we all have. We have lots of cancer cells in the body, so you can actually – you know, prevent cancer from blowing up in your body by fasting. Isn't that amazing? Rick, you know, uh, what do you know about autophagy? Well, insulin helps feed cancer cells. So does sugar. It helps feed cancer cells. So keeping insulin low, it's definitely a good way to not feed cancer cells. I think the less insulin released in your body throughout the day, you accumulate that over weeks and months and years, the less chances you run at having issues with cancer getting out of hand, cancer cells growing later on, especially if you're a steroid user and you're already putting yourself at risk that way. So that's important. Also, I think dry fasting causes these processes to just move along a lot quicker than if you're wet fasting. Just the lack of actually even liquids coming in just makes your body way more desperate to find, to find more it water. Does. To, yeah, to it does. Yeah, it does. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's just a, it, the process happens and comes along a lot faster. But I think, I think guys should really master water fasting first before they go into dry fasting. Um, it's, you know, I really think that uh, water fasting, the benefits of water fasting are there. And a lot of guys are not tapping into it at all so they can do it. And then once they master that, then they can start. Um, getting experience with dry fasting. So I haven't, I haven't, I don't have much experience with dry fasting like you, Rick, but I, I hope to get into it, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still uh, experimenting with uh, water fasting myself. And um, you know, it's, it's definitely a weapon that guys should be uh, taking advantage of. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, nah, man, I think it's a good, a uh, good podcast. We give people a lot of good information. It's a, it's a good starting off point for you to go do your, some of your more, some more of your research. It's one of the things I like to, doing this podcast is just, this is what we keep them short and we go just enough in depth. We don't go all the way on anything. We just go enough in depth to give you guys some information, some useful information, and then you can go on and research the rest. So don't just take mine and Steve's word on this fasting thing. Go and research it yourself. Research some of the benefits, start trying it out on your own. See and see if you, if it's something you can incorporate. If you do, I promise you, you're going to take back, several hours of your day that you're not going to spend suffering over food, chasing food, waiting for food. You're going to feel a lot better. It's going to be a lot easier to stay lean. I've found with the same calories, you just stay a couple of percentage points, body fat leaner on the same caloric intake. If you just restrict that feeding to just a, a smaller window, it just seems like a lot more of those calories will go into your muscle. than than, than, than when you eat all day long. So it's, it, it's definitely something for you guys to go try. Do some more research. Give it a shot. Journal. 
take some pictures before and afters, post about it on the forums, and you know, just come follow me on social and tell me how uh, how it went for you. And that's it. What do you think, Steve? Well, I want I want to let guys know I do have a fasting ebook, which is in my signature Steve SMI on the forums. You can look at it. It's a few bucks. It's actually a more of a guide. I go over some of the stuff we talked about on this podcast, but I think we covered way more than even my book does. But my book is kind of a guide, which shows you different types of fasting, how long to fast and all that stuff. So you can kind of look at that and you can kind of get a, you know, you can print it out and stick it on your fridge and kind of follow that. But there's also some other really, really good books, um, actual books on fasting. Um, If you look up Jason Fung, F-U-N-G, he said has several books on Amazon. Um, I've read them all. They're, they're really, really good. I don't agree with everything that's in his books, okay? And I don't agree with everything, you know, Rick says or does, and he doesn't agree with anything that I say and do. But a lot of the stuff that uh, he, he shows in his books are very, very good information. And I agree with like 95% of it. But you can read that and kind of learn more. And he actually has human studies on this stuff. And it's a, it's a really, really good book. I highly recommend it. Um, I don't know, Rick, do you, do you have any books or uh, websites that you recommend? Also blue zones, look up blue zones, look up uh, what they do and how they fast. Cause different part, different blue zone locations, they fast differently. Um, some, some blue zones, they'll fast like certain times of the year. Some of them will fast every other day. Some of them will fast during this certain seasons. It's, it's really interesting. You can kind of look into that. You know, fasting is so simple. I don't think it warrants a whole book. It's not simple. If you sit there and, and just think about how much you're going to suffer over this practice and not eat and not stuff in your face all day long. And if you sit there and think suffering and you think, yeah, I need, I need a whole book for that, but you fucking don't. I could, I could tell you how to fast in, in one page manual. That's all you need. Look, just get started. Just eat in a four hour window and drop the simple sugars. That's about it. Drop the sugar. So that way you don't fucking suffer so much with hunger all day. Drop the sugars, drop the simple sugars, simple starches, drop all of that and eat in a four hour window, six hour window, four to six hour window. And that's it. And that's it. You think you need a book because you're sitting there wondering how the fuck you're going to make it all the way from the time you wake up until four before you, until you have your first meal and how you're going to make it having your last meal at 8 PM and not eating until the next day at four. So you think you need a whole book to tell you, to tell you it can be done. You really don't just, just, just restrictive feeding, kill the hunger. It's going to be tough the first couple of days. It'll get easier as time goes on. And once the hunger has gone, you'll have to remind yourself that it was time to eat. You won't feel this huge energy drop. You won't feel hunger pains. You won't, you won't feel all these side effects of the addiction to, these, to this fast energy, these sugars all day long. That's about it. I mean, I don't – Steve's book is, 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 is great. You don't, you don't need a lot, man. Just, just cut it the fuck out, and you'll kill the hunger. That's, that's, the, that's the main thing everybody's got to know. Yeah, if you're hearing this podcast, guys, like, you know, just hit me up on the forum. Say, Steve, I heard your fasting podcast. Can you send me your book? I'll send you your book for the book for free. I mean, you know, it's, it's sold for like a few bucks on Amazon. So I'm, it's not like I'm making millions of dollars off, off this book. But, um, I, you know, I did put in a lot of time into it. So, but like, if you're listening to this podcast, just hit me up on the forum. I'll send you the book for free. 
I mean, just say you heard this podcast. He's I'm not I'm not trying to make money off of it. I'm just trying to trying to help people. Uh, you know, this is a weapon. This is a weapon that guys need to be using. You know, I I you know? I stopped making uh, stimulants and and appetite suppressants through my brand once I found fasting, and people still request them because it's such a crutch to be able to take a stimulant that's going to shut your appetite down so you can so you can keep from stuffing your face but since i found fasting and just a little bit of black coffee not hungry i burn fat very effectively if i go on a caloric deficit i can i can just get leaner by the day real quickly and i have plenty of energy just from black coffee no 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 calories time restricted feeding i mean you don't need to spend money on a stimulant with an appetite suppressant. And, you know, granted, I'm, I might end up having to make one because people request them all the time. People that like to shop for my brand, they listen to the podcast, they, they follow me, they like the work that Steve and I do, and they, they want to buy from me, and they'd rather buy something that I would make because you guys know I, would, I will not make something I won't take myself. It's the reason I don't have a, a stimulant with appetite suppressant on the market right now is because I don't take them, so I don't make them. But I can get a ton of requests. I, I might just have to get it. But at the same token, yeah, might, we might do a hard copy of your pamphlet, Steve, or something to send people with this, with this new product. Uh, because honestly, guys, you shouldn't take an appetite suppressant. Just kill the hunger. Learn how to fast. Time-restricted feed. Kill the hunger. You don't need to take Garcinia Cambogia to, to help you kill the hunger. When you, when you wake up and throw food at your body, you will get hungry again because your blood sugar will spike, then it'll come, come back down, and you'll get hungry again, and you want to eat. Then you'll eat, it'll go up again, and they'll come back down, and you want to eat. So, but if you just don't eat breakfast and don't throw, throw food at your body in the morning, it's amazing. You just don't get hungry. You just don't even think about it. You know? I, just went through the, I just went through this, Steve, during the quarantine. So the first couple of weeks of the quarantine, I had fitness girl here. She was eating six meals a day, you know, avocado, yogurt, you know, all this healthy stuff. Pissed the fuck off the last 20, 30 minutes before her meal. Oh, dude, she was, this is, this is what reminded me. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot that's what it's like. Because she's in a caloric deficit, eating, eating six meals a day. She's fine as soon as she eats. But she was just, just a fucking raging lunatic just 20 minutes before her meal. And I'm sitting here, time-restricted feeding watching her suffer over food going back and forth, you know, three, four meals before I even worried about having my first meal. And it reminded me just how, how, what that lifestyle is like. And of course her foods were, you know, rice cakes, pretty, pretty bland stuff. So it wasn't that appealing. Obviously, you know, things changed. She left. And then my, my kid came over. He's been here the last couple of weeks. And my kid has waffles in the morning with eggs, sometimes bacon, sometimes toast. And see, that's a little more enticing. OJ, orange juice. So, and started eating a little bit here and there. I'd sit with him in the morning, feed him his food, have a little bit, sit down for his, for his classes because he's doing online classes now for, from school. And guess what? Four or five days into that, just eating a little piece of waffle here, a little piece of waffle there. Guess what? It's fucking hungry every morning now. Every day I woke up, I'm like, you know, I should probably have something. And it just started creeping up on me again. The, 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 the cravings, the hunger. 
all of this shit just started creeping back up on me. Why? Because I started having a little piece of waffle, a little piece of toast in the morning. And we're here quarantined up, so I, I indulged in it long enough to where I noticed I put on a little bit of fat, and then I went right back on my grind. Got back to time-restricted feeding, cut the breakfast out, and I suffered for a couple of days preparing food for him and not having any, you know, drinking black coffee as, as, I'm, as I'm serving him, you know, waffles and eggs and, and bacon stuff. He's a kid. You know, I like to treat him whatever he wants to eat. So, and it, and it took a couple of days of suffering. And then after about four or five days in, it wasn't a thing anymore. Then I could, I could get, get up in the morning, make him his food, serve it to him, not feel like I'm suffering because I'm not eating it. Felt just fine. And then in my far window, I had my stuff. And yes, once in a while, I'll save a little waffle, a little pancake for me for the afternoon. And, and I'll indulge in it a little bit. But I can do that in, the after, in my four-hour window and be fine and, and, and stay lean and be good, you know? But if I, if I just take that same waffle and I put it in the morning and then spread my food out, man, I'll just get fat. And it's just, it's just how it goes. So that, that's just a, a little quick anecdote here of, of what, what I went through the last, uh, last month and a half, two months here with, with the quarantine and just how that applies to our conversation today with the fasting. You really kill the hunger. Once you, once you get on your fasting grind, once you get on your time-restricted feeding, you kill the hunger. You're not suffering every day. But, man, I, I mean, I know what it's like. I, I can't understand why people listening to this think that they need a whole book to tell them how to fast. Because you just, you just can't, you, you don't know how you're going to consistently day after day, wait until after 4 p.m. to eat and stop eating at 8, 9 p.m. You just, fuck, I need a whole book for that, right? But no, it's pretty simple, man. Just kill the hunger and be effortless. And if you slip up for a couple of days, hunger's back. And then you're, you're back to being hungry as soon as you get out of bed. I think the, the books, though, Rick, are a really good read because you can kind of look at the science, like what I was talking about, about the Japanese Yeah, if you need to be convinced, if you need to be more convinced than that, yeah. More, I found, I've turned people on to fasting, and some of them has just kind of done it and felt good from it and just continued on because of how they felt. And then later on, they caught up to the science and went and read and said, oh, shit, I'm doing something really, really healthy. And then, I, you know, you always get the other folks who just, they want to read everything about it. They want to make sure they're not wasting their time. And then, so, yeah, I mean, I like your book. Your book's great. I think people should pick that up. And look, don't, don't, don't ask Steve for a freebie. Go to Amazon and look for his book. And, and buy, what's the name of your book, Steve, so we can plug it on Amazon? What, 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 what should I search for if I'm trying to buy your book on Amazon? All right, guys. Yeah, so the, the, the name of the book is The No BS Fasting for Fat Burn. And it's by, um, just look me up, Steve, and then space SMI. And it's also in my signature on the, on the forum. So the no BS fasting for fat burn, that's, that's the name of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's, it's just a few bucks. So, yeah. But like yeah, I go said, on yeah. Amazon, go on Amazon, support Steve. Steve is, a, Steve is a, a great guy here. If you have Kindle, make sure you use it on Kindle, but yeah, the no BS fasting for fat burn. Now there, there's some, some guy on here, some Antonio Rodriguez guy. He's got the no BS approach to weight loss, which that's not the real Steve. All right. The real Steve is the no BS for fat burn. F F F B handbook shred one pound a day safely and keep it off. This is, this is Steve, uh, Steve, uh, Smee. So your book is great, man. Your book is, is great. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really simple. 
You know, again, it's, it's one of the reasons why you go to my store now and you can't find a stimulant, fat burner, appetite suppressant. We just, we just don't have it. We don't make it. Why? Because I don't use it. I don't make anything I won't use. I, I, I try to tell everybody that the way to stay lean long-term and the way to really do this is get into, into fasting and you won't need to take fat burners. You won't need to take stimulants, right? So, um, so yeah, that's it, guys. Steve, Steve. Everyone wants to be miserable when they burn fat. They think burning fat is miserable. They got to take DMP. They got to take a bunch of stims. They got to eat in a caloric deficit every day. Be miserable. You know, you don't. Fasting hunger is pains suck, bro. Hunger pains suck. Hunger pains, hunger pains are, are probably some, one of, hunger is probably one of the most overwhelming feelings you can have. So hunger is, I understand hunger well because I, I, I dance with it. You know, I, I know what it's like. I can live without hunger for, for months and then slip right back up into that pattern of just, of just being hungry. As soon as you get out of bed and every hour, it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher. And just, it, and it just gets tougher by the hour, tougher by the minute. So I understand hunger. Well, you just got to kill it. Once you kill the hunger and it's not there anymore, I mean, it's a different life. It's a different lifestyle. And it's going to, it'll, it'll happen. Like I said, it'll take two or three weeks. You'll get used to it and you'll never want to eat before a workout again. Your workouts will be so much better when you go into them faster. So it's a weapon guys that you can utilize that uh, most people are not utilizing. And, and that's a real shame um, that they're not. So once you do, you're, you're going to love it. So yeah, hit us up on, on the forum, Steve SMI and Rick V. And if you have any other questions, post up threads and we'll be happy to discuss them on the podcast going forward and, and also on, on, the, on the forums itself. So Steve Smee and Rick, another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Fasting and steroids, guys. Great episode. Use them. Steroids are a weapon. They're a tool. Fasting is also a weapon and a tool. You should be using it. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the Require Legal Disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.